Anyway, Funny for the Forgotten went to Coalfield and I did comedy. Were you were you there? You were probably there at the time. Yes, I was there, but I had to work, so I wasn't able to attend. But, but you didn't I, come to my show. I, what else you got to do? You in prison? You came exactly. to my show. I was working. That's fine. That's messed up, man. I'm like, hey, believe me, I wanted to go, man. Say you, you're you're an inspiration in there. Everybody knows who you are, and you're like a brother, French hair. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, that's so cool. Carry on. Go ahead. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Yo, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to go to michaeljr.com slash extra, and I'm going to give you a free download of my comedy special. michaeljr.com slash extra, so you can laugh with your whole family and even watch it and enjoy it. Anyway, just go there right now and get to, well, finish watching the podcast. Other than that, I appreciate you. For real. I'm out. So, boom, I don't know what to say, man. Because if I start rapping, you're going to go off beat. And then you know who it makes look bad? Me. <laughs> then I have to press hey, in. You know, and ask a myself, dope, you know who's a dope rapper? My rapper son got skills, man. Arcus. He don't even rap. But he just randomly writes some stuff. The dude is a doggone poet. He's doggone wow. brilliant, man. Okay. I should call him. But we don't, we don't have time right now. We we'll should have a doggone tracker. A what? Doggone tracker. You track how many times you say doggone? How many times you say doggone? I don't say doggone. Mimi notices it. Why does he say doggone so Hi, much? Mimi. Hope you're listening. <laughs> this is going to be an episode about going, getting locked up. I had to stop having her listen. Why? Because she was starting to say doggone. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we don't talk like yeah, that. Yeah, I used to have a puppy. We don't talk like that. It's gone. doggone. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. Hey, the, the funny hey my co-host. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pacal is my, my co-host. Awesome dude. Thank you. Really, really uh, likable. A pastor, as a matter of fact, at Scent Church. If you ever want to hear an amazing word from Scent Church, yeah. Wow. No, no. See? I no. think that was the Lord right there. Yeah. Interrupted you. Yeah, yeah. So, for real, on the real, how can they watch online, dude? Scent I watch his messages. CC. Centchurch.cc. They can go and watch past messages. They can always watch the live stream at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Central. You can watch future messages, Sunday. too. That's how on point he is with this stuff, man. You can watch future ma- messages. They can always go to our Facebook page. They can always. It's Centchurch Plano. They can go to Instagram. They can even go to YouTube and watch YouTube? the services there. No, YouTube. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yeah, no. I watch your messages. You know that, though. I watch yeah. his messages. Really good stuff. Hey, you really strong stuff. Do you, ever, do you have dreams? I normally watch it when the original pastor does it, but when you do it after him, wow. it's no, I'm just playing, dude. That's really good stuff. I, like, I, obviously, I wouldn't show up there with my family if I didn't think you was bringing it. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you ever have dreams? Yeah, dude. Like, do you yeah, interpret do you, your own do you dreams? Dash them out, or do you, uh, do you step on them? See, wow. Do you, do you do you try and interpret your dreams sometimes? Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. I mean, it is not I who interprets <laughs> it. It is not I. So yeah. we've been talking about getting a dog, mm-hmm. and I'm ready. Maybe we could share a dog because my wife is not quite there, and but I'm you ready. Are, you ready? I'm ready. But I'm ready like, too. No. So maybe if we share it, if we each had a, do- if we shared a dog, it was a part time dog. Like that, that's a good compromise. But what kind of dog do you want? I just want a dog. My wife, she doesn't want a big dog, and she don't oh. want one that sheds. I want a big dog. Labradoodle. 
Yeah. 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 We had a friend who bought a Labradoodle and it turned into a really big, <laughs> a really big doodle. It was not mixed with a lab. It was, yeah. It was probably it a, was a doba doodle. It was a master doodle. <laughs> it was, a I think doodle. it was a doba doodle. <laughs> doba doodle. Um, so, are you going to get a dog? Well, oh, she, we she, got, go. she had a dream. She had a dream? She had a dream that um, she was at the beach and she saw seven golden retrievers coming up out of the water. And they were well-trained. They were like in lockstep with one another, like some Clydesdale horses. Really? And in the same dream, she dreamed about an old dog that her sister had that was at the vet. She dreamed in a dream? She dreamed in a dream. And she had to get to the vet to get it urgently. And then she woke up. The next night, she had a dream about a rhinoceros on the sidewalk. And she looked up, what does a rhinoceros on the sidewalk mean? And it said, it could be a symbol of a powerful friend. I said, Petra, it's obvious to me. Wow. That you need to urgently get a trained dog because it'll be, be a, a powerful, powerful friend, friend in your life. She's wow. not buying it. So we were talking about this, and then we went for a walk on the beach on vacation, and we saw a lady walking a Labradoodle. And the lady, as we talked and pet the dog, she said, you need to get one of these as soon as you go home immediately. She didn't know any of our dreams or what we were talking wow. about. Petra's still not buying it. That's pretty obvious to me what God yeah, is up to. Yeah, that's, that's some pride jumping up at this point. I'm just saying, it's not obvious to you. It's yeah, not it I. Seems it obvious. The Lord. It seems obvious. Yeah. Yo, we never threw to the intro. Well, because we're going to say we have a guest We got to set up our guest. We, we yeah. have a guest today. It's, this story is going to be pretty doggone powerful. Our guest spent, was it 24? Years in prison. 24 years in prison, wrongfully convicted. So you might like, be wondering. You might be asking yourself, what can what, we learn from a dude that been locked up all this doggone time and just got out? He got sentenced to 50 years. He did yeah. half of it. Yeah. You might be asking yourself, what can you learn from a brother like this? And a host who's been locked up or been in prison and a co-host who's got a clean record. I have been in prison to go talk to cats like this, though. But no, I actually I don't have a clean prison. record, but it's clean now. Boom. Because well, I stayed out of trouble. Here's the thing. You guys are about to find out. Okay. I love this podcast. You'll be laughing out loud and all of a sudden, boom, something that can really help you drops in your lap. I like it because I unexpectedly learn about life. It is so funny. I get to laugh and learn about life at the same time. I like listening to Funny How Life Works with the car and my parents. <laughs> with the car and my parents. Okay. Yo, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to go to michaeljr.com slash extra. And I'm going to give you a free download of my comedy special. MichaelJR.com slash extra so you can laugh with your whole family and even watch it and enjoy it. Anyway, just go there right now and get the, well, finish watching the podcast. Other than that, I appreciate you. For real. I'm out. Non-sponsor sponsor. Oh, the non-sponsor sponsor today is Funny Aaron, you got a non-profit that you uh, started yet? Not yet? Nah, no saying. Okay. You got to get one, man. Your story is beast mode. Yeah. We're going to get into it in a moment. All right. Let's just jump into it. Let's just jump in, man. Right. We should. I want you. In, I want to introduce you all to our guest This today. is a great story. It is a great I'm story. I'm excited about this story. It's a story of redemption. Um, it's a story that involves prison. It's Don't a set story. it up too much, man. Just, it's, a, it's a story that's going to blow your mind. Really? That is a lot. Ladies and that's gentlemen. That's a lot. Give it up. It is pretty dope. For Mr. Aaron Dyson. Yay. Aaron, welcome, man. I mean, wow. Where do we start at, dude? Well, let's just start at the gate. Like you is the phrase. Should we use the like you did 24 years in prison? Right. Yeah. Which is. uh, Yeah. 
That's probably why you all up on the camera like that right now. <laughs> I swole up on a brother like, like, yo, what you need? Like, I'm coming at you before no, you no, come no. at me. Like, I, 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 I think what's key is when you went to prison, was that your first time there? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's a trick question. Yeah, 17. 17 years old. Tell us yeah. what happened. And then you got out, what was it, nine months ago? Yes, sir. Nine months ago. He did 24 years. He was scheduled to do 50. Got out nine months ago. And the whole thing got overturned. Like, dude, just set it up for us. What, like, yeah. what, what yeah. happened? Just give it, give it to us wherever you want to start oh, it at. Okay. So, uh, in 1996. Hey, real quick though, try not to be so authentically hood because you're scaring some of our people. <laughs> just a little bit. You're, you're frightening a few people. No, I'm just, no, I'm just no go ahead, man. Do your thing. <laughs> so, uh, in 1996, one of my, one of my very, very close friends, somebody that I loved with all my life, he was shot and killed over a dispute over a young girl. And uh, it, was, it was such a tragic event for me and all the people that knew my friend. His name was Omar. Mm. And um, long story short, it was one of the most devastating things I ever went through in my life. Well, the guy that shot him, he was arrested for murder. And then he was released on bond. And when he was released on bond, I made a, a, a life-changing decision by taking the law into my own hands. So I did commit a crime by shooting him. Um, it was one of the situations where it was wrong place, wrong time. I seen him, and I just went straight tunnel vision, just the, just the, the anger, the hurt. And uh, I took the law into my own hands. Well, the state, they chose to... Um, bring organized crime charges against me. Now, now you shot him, but what what was his condition afterward? Like, what happened? Like, just so people know, he, he didn't perish. Like, what happened after you shot yeah, him? Yeah, so he, he was he was in the hospital for a while, uh -huh. and then he's I mean he walks, he can function, and everything now. Yeah, right. He's he's good. Okay. And uh, and now did he go to prison for for the murder of your friend? Yes, he received. He received 30 years for killing Omar, and I received 50 years for shooting him for killing Omar. Mm. So wait, let's just say that again. He received 30 years for shooting your boy. For killing Omar. And you got 50. For, for He got 30 for killing him. You got 50 for shooting somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something's a little twisted up there, but go, carry on. Yeah. So uh, the state decided to enhance my charges once they realized he wasn't going to die. From, from the gunshot wounds, uh -huh. they chose to enhance my case and say it was gang-related. And uh, it had nothing to do with gangs. I've been knowing Omar since we were probably four or five years old. Right. And um, and this was over a girl. There wasn't no gang affiliation. Yeah, no, None of that stuff was cooking. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was all over a dispute over the affection of a young girl. Wow. And uh, so they, they chose to enhance my case and, and charge me with organized crime. And they used... Uh, an individual who had multiple charges pending against him, they used him to testify against me in order for him to get out, basically get a um, get out get out of jail card. Wait, like I'm confused. Like, are we, we <laughs> you was on Baltimore place? You just went from a, to Monopoly all of a sudden. So he he didn't have to do no time. <laughs> yeah, he did no time. This other guy, oh, that's he had just... multiple charges pending against him, and one of them was organized crime charge too. Oh, snap. So it was a first degree felony, and he walked away with probation for his testimony against me. Mm. Wow. So he out, probably dating a girl y'all was fighting over. Mm. Meanwhile, you is in a really bad scenario. Like, go, go. So 
They give you 50. Yes. Wow. I just turned 17. Yeah. You're 17 years old. They give you 50 years. 50 plus 17. You're not getting out to like 58. Come on, man. Look. <laughs> or wait, no, 67 <laughs> years. So, 67 years old. So, Aaron. That is bananas, dude. Like, how did you feel? How did you feel in that moment when that happened? I know your family, your loved ones is around. How did you feel when that sentence came down? Oh, man, it was a hard blow. I mean, um, I was confused. I was born with, with learning disabilities, so a lot of my trial, I didn't even understand, the, you know, the words they were using, what was taking place. Um, I, I was at a loss during my whole trial. And then when they gave me 50 years, I just didn't understand. And, and it took years for me to understand my predicament. Mm. And uh, I was just in a dark place those opening years of my imprisonment. I've been in a prison before just for, I was there to speak to inmates. And one of the things that stood out to me immediately is that when people walk on the yard from one place to another, it was like everybody was trying to make the meanest face possible. No smiles. It's like the prison mean mug. Was it like that where you went in when you first got there? You, you had to learn how to make the meanest face possible? Yeah, my situation was crazy, man, because I, I was basically stripped from a loving home and just tossed into the pits of hell, man. You know, I, I was I was sent to one of the worst prisons in the state of Texas. They considered a uh, deep gladiator for him. Boy, break that down what, so people can understand what that means. The gladiator form is just basically you're going to do a lot of fighting there. Mm. Oh, wow. It's all about fighting. It's all about just bloodshed. That's just the, that's the type of place it was. It was just a very violent place. And uh, the vast majority of people there were gang members. And because they convicted me, wrongfully convicted me of, an organ, uh, of a gang crime, they sent me to a gang unit. Okay. Oh, snap. You weren't even in the gang. So how, yeah. many, how many days were you there before the first fight happened? Oh, it was, it was less than 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was multiple fights. I mean, 20 or 30 fights in my first two months. Got it. Goodness right. gracious. So you spent two and a half decades fighting for your innocence, but there was 10 years in, something, something shifted in your mindset. Can you yes. talk about that? Well, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's maturation. You know, um, scientists, they keep on talking about the prefrontal lobe and the developmental stages that, you know, kids go through going into adult and um, adulthood. And for me, I was probably around 26 or 27 when I just woke up one morning and I just realized, like, man, you know, where's my life going? Mm. You know, it's just it's, it's a mundane existence. Every day it's like Groundhog Day over and over again. Every day it's the same thing. Um, there's constantly strife, uh, constantly uh, tension, whether it's racial tension or gang tension. And a lot of people in there, they feed off that. that that's that's what they look forward to every day. Mm. I just need to know, had you actually seen the movie Groundhog Day? <laughs> yeah, I have. I've seen it one time. <laughs> <laughs> At one time, that brother was like, he was like, I was in the movie. <laughs> wow. You ever seen Groundhog Day? Yeah, dude. I saw, yeah. I saw it like three times you in the same day. 50 First Dates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seen that movie yet, 50 First Dates? I think he, no, I ain't seen it. Yeah, you got to check it out. Man, he just got out. He ain't seeing yeah. nothing, but the, yeah, I know what he's seeing right now. He just got out a little while ago, got married. I know yeah. what he's seeing currently. Yeah. So great. so when you woke up that morning, you, you said, where's my life going? And then like walk us through what, what changed. So the first 10 years were one way and then 
you got out 14 years later, but what, what happened what at that 10 year mark? Like yeah. you had a revelation about it, like, but, but what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've always been a, I've always been a strong Christian and I kind of lost my way along the way, you know, and I, and I lost hope and I was just in a dark spot for a long time, but I always just kept telling myself that, you know, God's will will be done. And, there, and there's a purpose for why I'm going through this mm. journey that I'm going through. Yeah. And uh, just when I got to that, that period of my life, I started thinking about, you know, here I am. And I'm in my mid to late 20s. And I don't have nothing, man. And, and I have very little chance of ever seeing freedom again. I have no kids, never been married. You know, really never even been loved by a woman. Never even had like an adult relationship. Wow. And then my parents were getting older. Mm. And I just found myself in a situation where I said, man, you know, I need to change. And I believe that the, it was it was an awakening that came within me from God. Wow. It's, it, it was him telling me, hey, it's time, you know, to make changes in your life. Wow. So you're so you're in prison. It's past that 10 year mark. At what point did, did it look like? You like how did the help for your case show up? Because around that time, I had a I had a cousin as well who has some cr- crack cocaine on him, right? And they gave him like it was a super small amount. Yeah, it was but a mandatory twenty five, right? Mandatory yeah, they gave him thirty years. years. Okay, yeah, like he got thirty years, and he ended up doing I think like seventeen, eighteen years or something until like, a law changed. A law changed and yeah. said, "Yo, why are you tri-? like? There's no such thing as a." A super what did it what it was a mandatory minimum. But it was but Hillary had a phrase for it. It was a super super predator. Super predator. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they were considering you as well at the time? Yes. Uh so back in the nineteen nineties when Bill Clinton signed into law, it was Bill Clinton, it was uh Chuck Schumer, and uh they basically said that we were we were super predators. They said the youth offenders that we had no remorse, no regret for our actions, and that we didn't fear imprisonment. And therefore, we were we were super predators. Right. How do you glump a bunch of people together like that, and then basically sentence them before they even do anything? That was jacked up, like really, really bad. So, go ahead. You got a question? No, I I don't have a question. I just I remember re- listening to someone recently that was speaking from like the victims side of things. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's a part of your story. Like like. The the victim side of things, they're like, man, it's easy for you to say they shouldn't be called super predators, Absolutely. but I'll never get my loved one back, right? Absolutely. Like, so I think um, it, it it opened my eyes a little bit. But in there, part of your story, did did the guy you shot end up becoming an advocate for your release? Yeah, talk to us about that. About the guy, yeah. yeah what's the relationship with him? The guy you actually shot. Um, so he. One of my old attorneys reached out to him and just said, hey, you know, how do you feel about his conviction? How do you feel about his sentence compared to your sentence? Do you feel like uh, things were just? And he came back and he said, no. He said, I know it wasn't gang related. I feel like he was wrongfully convicted. Wow. And I feel that he should be released from prison. Wow. Now, listen, let's just pause right there. Like, that is pretty doggone deep in general. Like, Like, for example... The lack of gratitude you have towards me allowing you to be my co-host. <laughs> like, that's kind of jacked up. Aaron, who has really asked you the better questions so far? <laughs> I'm going to say it's been me. So, but the fact that this brother is like, like he, he got shot by this guy. Right. And is 
able to say, you know what, that's, that's not right what they yeah, did. I think he should be released. That yeah. is pretty powerful, man. Right. How did you feel when you heard he said that? Uh, it was it was pretty overwhelming. It was pretty overwhelming. Whenever my attorney notified me, and then uh, my attorney sent me a copy of his affidavit that he put together, saying that he felt like I need to be released from prison. At that at that time, I probably had about nine years done, nine mm. or ten years done in prison. When he came forward and said, "No, nah, this ain't right," you know, understand that he got thirty years for killing Omar, and I got fifty years for shooting him for killing Omar. You know, that just that sentence alone is not just. Wow. Uh, you know, let alone the conviction of organized crime. No, he was in prison when he did that. Or no? Yeah, no, he's still in prison right now. This dude is in prison. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's, it's, it's crazy wow. because uh, I actually just I actually just spoke to him on the phone last weekend for the first time wow. since he uh, murdered Omar. Wow. Whoa. How was that, man? Man, it was it was really a blessing because there was just so much that needed to be said, and he just profusely apologized and just told me that's something that he lives with every day and that he understands why I did what I did. We were all kids, man. We just just immature, dumb, ignorant kids. And uh, it's unfortunate that Omar lost his life and I will always love him. Were you So in that moment, were you able to uh, offer him some forgiveness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, you know, through God, I've learned that you don't you don't live with you don't harbor anger at people you don't harbor uh, you just don't hold stuff like that in you know when somebody does wrong to you yeah press like, into you have to be able it. to forgive them that's yeah. great and not like a surface forgiveness like a real like I'm letting this thing go yeah. for real no it's it's from here yeah yeah you got to be able to forgive them wow so somewhere in your bio it says you read over four thousand books I think that was after the ten years and. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have to walk through. Like most people aren't going to read four thousand yeah, books. books. What, what, what books were they? <laughs> the Cat in the Hat, <laughs> Green Eggs and Ham. What like four thousand books? That is yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap. Now, did like some point you, you counted, but I guess not even that. What did those? What did all that reading do for you? I just man, I've, I've read so much. I actually read uh, the first ten years I was in prison. I read then too. I kind of grew a love for reading. Okay. You know, growing up, I was I, had, I was. I was diagnosed with dyslexia and all kinds of learning disabilities. But um, to the grace of God, I was, I was able to overcome all of them, too. Wow. And uh, one of my favorite authors is a guy named Connie Gooden. Uh-huh. And he writes uh, historical fiction. He has a series on like Julius Caesar. He has a series mm-hmm. on uh, Genghis Khan. And oh, man, yeah. they're just such uh, educational books. Oh, I mean, it's true. a story. But it's something, man, that you just capture and his writing ability is just phenomenal. Okay, so um and then you shared some remorse too, obviously, for shooting him as well, just to back up Absolutely. a little bit. Yeah, that, I think that's a pretty awesome moment where uh that you guys had together. So talk to me about now now we're 20, 24 years. At what point did you realize that snap, there's people on the outside working for me right now? At what point t- talk to me about when you realized you were going to get released. Okay, so j- just to touch base on this, over the years, over my the first 23 years of my imprisonment, my attorneys, I mean, my family just hired one attorney after another, one attorney after another, and they, they were filing one useless writ to the appeal courts and just getting denied, just time and time again. 
And then um, a friend of mine named Wolf Settler, he's an activist and a very good man. Say his name again. Wolf Settler. Wolf's Hitler. See. Yeah. S I T T L E R. You said Wolf's Hitler? No, Wolf's no. Settler. <laughs> okay, I'm just, all right. I thought it was Wolf's Hitler. I was like, man, this is. Wild. <laughs> okay. No, right. so he, he's, he's a good man. And, and he just encouraged me that after. Um, just years of me going to college in there and, and uh, obtaining college degrees and learning how to write my own. And I knew my case better than anybody else, even better than attorneys fighting my case. He just said, why don't you just fight your own case? Why don't you write your own writ? And at this point, I'd never filed a legal document in my life. And I heard about this. this uh, um, it's called the Conviction Integrity Unit. Mm-hmm. And when Obama was president, he grabbed funds from uh, different uh, federal. I guess, I guess you said money. You said bank. It's some money. He grabbed funds yeah. from other people. Yeah, yeah. And he, he pushed it towards all the district attorneys' offices in the United States, and told them to come up with a conviction integrity unit to relook at case old cases. Wow. And so when somebody brought that to my attention, I said, "Well, I don't even know how to go about it." So Wolf sent me an application. I filled it out, and then we started trying to um, do some uh, attorney hunting, just trying to find any kind of attorney that, that would take my case and help me fight my case. Well, just one attorney after another just shot me down. They said, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And one of the attorneys I used to have, he basically just told me, you're asking the very prosecuting office that has battled you every step of the way to reconsider it's a waste of time, man. Just accept what you got. Wow. And that was a hard blow. And Wolf just told me, he said, Aaron, you know your case better than anybody. You can write. You can have an education. You write your own writ. Mm. It was so almost like down, his... I, took, Go ahead. I can't even tell you how long I took. I just studied my case, took notes. And I wrote a 38-page writ, and it's the first legal document I've ever filed in my life, and I won my case. Wow. Goodness gracious. That is awesome. First legal, probably the most important legal document. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. That's dope. So all them other attorneys was like Moses. They was like, I stuttered. Mm. Aaron, I need you to go. And you wrote it, Mm. sent it, and and, typed it up. And set yourself free. (laughs) <laughs> like literally wow it's powerful. so powerful so um talk to me about the day you get out like you, how long did you know that you were going to get out before you got out okay so sharon wilson she's the district attorney of fort worth uh-huh i got word that she was in agreement that i was wrongfully convicted wow and it basically took about a year from the time i found that out before i was actually released so that was kind of a roller coaster ride of emotions. Yeah. Over that year, because it was it was up and downs. It was like, are they going to release me? Are they going to keep me? Yeah. You know, after doing twenty four years in prison, you just have little faith in. Yeah. Ab- actually, obtaining freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Was that was that last year the hardest year because of the ups and downs? I think the hardest year was my opening years because I was young. Yeah. And uh, and you was fighting the whole time too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, so right before you got out, how much were you fighting in? 
versus physical. Yeah. Yeah. Things kind of change. You're not a high hit. Yeah. The the prison system changed a whole lot whenever Obama signed that Safe Prison Act. Oh. Because they they basically made it a crime that you can you can receive more time for for even a simple assault. Like back then you had you had dudes getting their getting uh, bones broken in their face and there would be no kind of repercussions behind it. Yeah. Wow. Well, after he signed that, it, it completely changed the prison system. Wow. Cass yeah. was watching the news and was like, oh, man, I was just about to bust <laughs> you in your grill. <laughs> they just changed the law, man. So give me a hug. Yeah. We wow. got to go off the cuff. Yeah, we got to go off the cuff. But let me ask you. So you, the day you get out, you walk out the prison doors. How do you feel? What happened? I was really in shock. So, because you saw new cars, or like what, like we, <laughs> <laughs> like what? So, uh, two sheriff deputies, two Tarrant County sheriff deputies, they come pick me up from Cofield Unit. Cofield, let's pause right there. Yeah. Funny for the forgotten. My my nonprofit that I have that I think was the, should be the anyway. Funny for the forgotten went to Cofield and I did comedy. Were you were you there? You were probably there at the time. Yes, I was there, but I had to work, so I wasn't able to attend. But, but you didn't I, come to my show. I, what else you got to do? You in prison. You came exactly. to my show. I was working. That's fine. That's messed up, man. <laughs> hey, believe me, I wanted to go, man. Say you're, you're you're an inspiration in there. Everybody knows who you are, and you're like a brother, fresh air. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, that's so cool. Carry on. Go ahead. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> so the day you get out, talk to me. You walk out the. You walk out the. The, the sheriffs come pick you up. The, yeah. In a good way, they picked you up before, but that was they was taking you in. But this time, they pick you up, and you in the opposite direction. Tell me about that moment. Well, the the drive home, I was still shackled up because they didn't really know what was going on. So they, they carried me all the way back to Tarrant County, and we come up over a crest of a hill, and I see downtown. It's the first time I see it in twenty four years, man. I nearly wept, and I just goodness, it, it was just crazy, man, and. and before we get into uh, to Fort Worth, they asked me, they said, uh, when was the last time you had a good meal? And I said, over 24 years ago. <laughs> and uh, by this point, I'd already told them my story and I was getting pulled back to Tarrant County. And it blew them away. They were just like, wow. And then just to have such a positive attitude, you know, because like I tell them, I tell every cop, man, I support you. I support the police. I support any dope. kind of first responders. That's dope. I support them. And um, so they, they said, well, we're going to get you something to eat. We're going to give you your first good meal in 24 years. So they pulled into a Whataburger. And when I went in there, they got a big old burger and fish fries. And, man, I probably ate that thing in about a half a minute. <laughs> wow. For those who don't know what Whataburger is, this brother said Whataburger, and that's what they say. Whataburger got some good fast burgers. It's not the Thank best you. burger. Yeah. Wow. Tastes good to me. So wait, so now but you but you you was you've been out for like how long now? What nine, now? Nine months, nine months. Nine months. You've been out for nine months. Long enough to have a baby, right? So but <laughs> and now you're you came to my marriage event. We did a funny how marriage works event, and you there in the front doggone row with your fiance. This was like last month. Yeah. 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 In the front row with your fiance. This dude has been locked up for twenty four years. Just had his first Whataburger or hamburger, <laughs> just in general. There's probably some Whataburgers in there. And then he says, I'm going to take this woman who I care for, and we're going to go learn about how to do marriage right. Dude, I was so impressed to see you there. Yeah. Like, Thank so you. impressed. Because you had some other things that you could have been catching up on 
after 24 years with that beautiful woman that you got. Like you had some other stuff you could have been doing. I'm just I'm saying like go to the library or whatever. I ain't talking about anything because we got kids who listening. <laughs> but instead you came to that event. Big ups to that. And since that event, you're now you got married, right? Absolutely. That is awesome. Mm. We got a picture. We got some wedding. We got a wedding photo yeah, right here. So beautiful. The There's the wedding. That is awesome. Wow. wow. That is the biggest nine month old I have ever seen. I got to point that. That is no. <laughs> no, yo, your wife is beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Dude, Thank you. listen, I know like people would think I'm not, I'm not in position to say this because of our relationship or because of, uh, like I'm not older than you, or maybe I am, dude. But let me just say to dude, I am proud of you. Thank you. Like the way you, the, just making that move alone, but the fact that you put in the work, you're not bitter. You're actually better. Dude, I'm proud of you, man. Like yeah. for real. Way to represent in a significant way. Thank you. Your wife is beautiful. You're stepping up as a dad in so many ways, dude. I'm just, I'm I'm overwhelmed and very in a good way and very proud of what you've accomplished, man. Like, like for real, dude. Get it yeah, done. It's like, good. Like on the real, dude. Well done. Well done. Wow. So can we go off the cuff now? So we're gonna go off the cuff. All right. So if we Wait, dude, are you you got tears in your eyes right yes. now? Yes. His, his eyes started leaking. <laughs> That's cool. His That's eyes cool. started leaking. When That's he said his you were eyes leaking. But yeah. I am, dude. Every, when I every time yeah. I hear your story, I get all choked up myself, man. Yeah. Dude, that you. is dope, man. Like for real. So here's what we're gonna do. Any we're gonna go off the cuff. And what that means is anytime we have a guest on, if there's a moment that we were inspired by, one of us just randomly says something for a few minutes. So Pakal got something. Yeah, you talked about Aaron hey, talking. so when you do off the cuff, you're talking to the people, not to the, the guests. You like okay, this is what the, this is basically a transition. <laughs> this is a transaction from what Aaron has given us. Now yes. you got it, and then you're gonna give it to Let the people. Let me talk to the people. Camera yeah. one, right here. Right here. <laughs> no, there was a point in Aaron's story where he talked about he was in this in-between moment where freedom was on the horizon, but it wasn't realized yet. He knew it was coming. But the date that it would come wasn't confirmed. And so he had to live in this tension of expectation, but then his reality. And I just think that it takes maturity to live in that tension. And there was a day where freedom came and he celebrated it. I think there are people who are listening. I really feel like there's some people who you've heard about the freedom found in Christ. And yet you still got one foot in the world and you can kind of see and taste and and, and you can you you have a picture of what freedom can feel like and look like, but you can't quite get there yet. And I just want to tell you, if you've been waiting, if you've been dabbling still in the world, it's time today to taste freedom to its fullest. That feeling of getting out and seeing downtown for the first time in 24 years and uh, nearly weeping. Man, there's something on the other side of just making the decision to follow Christ and that same joy and that same freedom and that same sense of awe could be yours. My off the cuff wow. moment says, what are you waiting for? It's time to press into Jesus today. Let me ask this though, Aaron, uh, as a dad to a dad who has a child uh, in prison, like what, what advice would you give him from a relationship perspective on how to approach, how to, how to be there for a son or how to deal with him? I, I would just say, just love him, love him. And you, you have to understand that it's a necessity money, you know, sending, sending people money, it's a necessity because they got to get hygiene. They got to get right supplies and stuff like that. I mean, there is a fine line between sending too much and 
you know, not enough. But I think at the end of the day, just being in somebody's corner, especially, you know, you being a dad to him, mm-hmm. just being there for him and just letting him know that you love him mm-hmm. and that no matter what, you're going to be there for him. Yeah. That's dope. But that, that's an interesting thing. You're saying, you, you, you are saying that it's loving to send money to someone yes. incarcerated and that yes. therefore it's unloving to not send the money. No, I'm not saying it's unloving. Oh, okay, okay. No. All right. It's just no, one way to say that it's it's a necessity. Okay. And there because we can't make money in prison. Yeah. Like I worked for twenty four years for free. Yep. Uh, hey, we got an we opening. We got an opening here too, man. If yeah. you're looking for, it's free. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is it. Pay the same. Though. We don't pay nothing. Just <laughs> no, but but Aaron, <laughs> serious question. I, I know we don't have time to you know fully flesh this out. But in there, aren't there like indigent care kits, indigent hygiene kits? If you don't yeah, have money they, coming in, it's it's very cheap products. Okay. And um, yeah, I just feel that just sending him 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks a month, mm-hmm. that will enable him to get the, the stuff that he needs as far as, you know, keeping his keeping his hygiene up right. OK, that's good. Um, but I think, hey, look, at the end of the day, from my personal experience, just having somebody to tell you that they love you. Yeah, that's uh, the most important thing. That's dope. Yeah, he hears that all the time. Good stuff. Yeah. That's good. Aaron, you're dope, Thank dude. You. Thank you so much, man. You are awesome. We so appreciate you, bro. Way to get it done, man. Way to represent. We're gonna be we're Thank gonna you. be checking you out and watching you and communicating with you as much as we can, dude. Good stuff, dude. Wow. And tell your bride we said thank you for this this time that she gave yeah. us in the I know you're appreciate about to it, I know you're about to go back. And y'all can always come <laughs> visit Scent. Y'all are local. Scent come Church, back. yeah. Y'all can go check out Scent Church too, yeah. man. If I mean if you if you're up for that. Well, if you were treated well when you were there, I know you were there for an event. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely come up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It's only Fort Worth. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes there at the drive. I mean, you know, they come hang out and play on a Saturday night. And <laughs> get up and go to church on a Sunday morning. They married now. Nah, they can get the same hotel room. Yeah, oh, it's true. They can. Cool. You can get one of them small hotel rooms too. Like it's all I need. I just, I just need this much space because that's what I have for twenty four. Yeah. Anyway, dude, you're awesome, man. Way to get it done, man. Again, I'm proud of you, dude. Like for real. I can't even say it enough. Your story is inspirational. Keep telling it and and keep walking walking this thing out, man. You're awesome, dude. Are you writing a book or anything about this? Anything you gonna be working? No, on a book? Not, not yet. I just man, I've been working, just trying to trying to find a way to get on my feet, man. It's, it's good. difficult because you know here I am, I'm 42 years old, and I have nothing invested in Social Security. I have nothing invested in uh, any kind of 401k. Tough, dude. Like e- even when I got out, man, like the, the system didn't give me nothing. Like they typically give somebody a hundred dollars when they get out. They didn't even give me that. I didn't get anything, man. You got a Whataburger. Come on, man. You got to watch Got to watch those limiting beliefs. You got a good meal. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Basically, what I've just been doing, man, I've just been trying to work and just trying to get on my feet. Man. That's good. Okay. That's dope, man. I could, I, I think something. Hey, so, so have you been doing any visualization of what it is you want? So remember we did. I would did- like to be able to talk to kids. I would like to be able to talk to kids about um, uh-huh. dealing with their anger, uh-huh. with they're hurt, especially uh-huh. kids that that's lost somebody that they love. I want to be able to deal with kids. I want to be able to show them that there's a better way. That's good. That's something that I definitely want to do. It's dope. So, Aaron, do this tonight, man. Do it a couple times this week. Just visualize yourself on stage talking to those kids and visualize them smiling and receiving it and just having a, a revelation about it and just visualize yourself up there and then visualize them cats giving you a check after you're done talking to them. Like, visualize those things what you want. Like, for real. Because if you can yeah. see it, then you'll be more attracted to it. Just like we talked at the uh, 
just like we talked at the marriage conference. Anyway, yeah. you're awesome, dude. We're Thanks, out. Man. Thank you so much. This was great. See you, Aaron. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you. All right, man. Thank y'all.